Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. And I'm Creston. And I'm Coda. And we are excited to have our friend back here today. Uh, we are going to talk about burnout. And I think this is a timely show because we're getting... Is that the new video game? Yeah, right. Yeah, the new video game. Um, we're going to, you know, it's getting towards the end of the year and that's when people start, you know, getting their biggest need for a vacation. They're getting burnout. It's, you know, we're just brains are starting to want to just go, ah, I need a break. Uh, so I think this will be, this will be a good conversation. Um, but before we get into the fun stuff, we can review. Creston, how was your week? Pretty good. Um, I do want to thank if anyone from the show signed up for the Zoom call about my course that I'm developing, the Postgres course. Thank you for that. I have sent out emails to the people who reached out to coordinate times to uh, have those Zoom calls, and I'm scheduling for next week. So thanks for everyone that did that. Awesome. Um, apart from apart from that, uh, you know how I was saying, in, I think it was, I can't remember which episode it was, whether it was last week or not, that I, I think it was a show that Chris and I did together, but we we're talking about how I had never really stepped into the container realm for building my app uh, and that I'm still relying on Capistrano and whatnot. I never, you know, went into Kubernetes and whatnot. Well, I have a client who says, hey, we're moving we want to move our database um, into Kubernetes and uh, we want to do it in three weeks. So I'm like, okay, time to study. Oh so <laughs> has to be Kubernetes, not uh, none of the other simpler ones, Docker Swarm, anything like that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they were already, they were already using it for their application uh their application servers. So I think they're just basically, well, let's just extend it and do the whole whole thing with it. Um, but, I mean, but I don't even know Docker Swarm at this point. I mean, I'm getting up to speed. Like I've downloaded Docker and I'm going through their whole process and whatnot. Thankfully, I actually tried doing this, maybe it was two weeks ago. No, no excuse me, two months ago. And there was some weird thing with Linux where you had to install this and you had to be careful of this. But when I checked the docs, more recently, like in the last couple of days, it's it's hard to call it more streamlined because you still have about 15 manual steps to get it up and running. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same on a Mac or a PC, but it at least was clear what I needed to do. But through that process, I got it up and running and testing out containers and running them and just getting used to using it. But of course, once you understand the Docker and creating the Docker container, then I need to up-level my knowledge to Kubernetes. So I'm getting to that point. But anyway, that's what's been going on with me. What about you, Chris? Uh, so I am still just really busy with this this acquisition and the merging of of um, engineering teams. This is this is a level of of integration that I've never had to deal with before. It's a huge huge amount of stuff and it's probably going to be six to eight months before things are really integrated and settled um but it's you know we're taking on somewhere on the order of i think 30 to 35 engineers which is a little more than double our our team size 
Um, so bringing that many people in all at once from a different product and a, a you know is daunting. Um, it's fun, it's exciting, and it's challenging, but man, it's a big job. Um, Out of curiosity, where's the big time? I don't want to say time sink, but what's what's taking so much of the the time resources to do this? Is it just having meetings? Is it trying to decide? There's a lot of that, um, but it's for me personally, it's mostly just kind of helping my bosses keep their plates clear so that they can concentrate on the logistics of getting everybody okay. trained and. Um, you know, so and, and I'm helping with some of the training and talking to the new folks and getting them on board for the people that are going to be in my area. But uh, most of it is just me kind of clearing roadblocks for for other people so they can do all the training and stuff. Um, but it's man, it's a lot. It's it's going to be fun though. I'm I'm excited about it. But whoo. Um. So you said this is double the size of your team. So. Oh, it sounds like a little bit it's more. Almost yeah. tripling the size. <laughs> so it's tripling it's, the size of the the organization. Is that right? Uh, well, not the organization, but our our team. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's um, it's 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 big. <laughs> it's yeah, it's quite the. I mean, it. So our division of I work for Shift Four. I actually work for Venue Next, which was bought by Shift4. So we're a company inside Shift4. And Venue Next has acquired this other, their biggest competitor. So it's doubling the size of this company, but not the parent company. So, but man, it's... If we had time, he'd draw a flow charge. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a big thing. Um, but it's, it's keeping me busy. Uh, yeah, so... Um, looking forward to getting a brain break here at the end of the year for sure. Uh, so how about you, Coda? Yeah. Um, so we just finished a pretty big contract for us and sort of doing some you know, work on, on like controlling multiple robots and, and things like that. And that was actually a cool project because I think for the, it was really kind of my first time ever digging into react which I know sounds strange that, you know, I hadn't really done that before, but turns on robot land, you're typically in, you know, C++ or Python and you're dealing with these low level things. And, you know, so that's kind of the world I'm from. And, you know, we've had, um, we have a team that does a lot of our, our sort of UI and the web, web systems kinds of things. And so I personally hadn't really done much of that before this, but I got to use, uh, React 3 Fiber, which I don't know oh, if either wow. of you have played with. Have you? I haven't. I've heard of it, before? but yeah. So it's it's actually pretty cool. Um, it makes it very very easy to define your your scenes, uh, your 3D scenes, and so then I was able to do that. And I wrote some, uh, you know, GLSL as well uh, mm -hmm. to do some shader things. And so essentially, the application. This is like a fifth of the contract, but. The application I'm referring to is uh, the simulator to simulate about a thousand different robots all driving at the same time and like coordinating them. Um, and you can actually run this all on, I, I was able to actually run it at real time on my computer on just like my dev machine, which is a laptop. So wow. it's, I was pretty pleased about that. Um, I think I used, 
you know, there was all this, uh, I used like some GPGPU stuff, some CUDA to excel, you know, parallelize a lot of things. And then I have, you know, of course it's multi-threaded. And then um, I used uh, U-WebSockets, which is sort of, you know, which is a server in C++ that claims to be a thousand times faster than Node.js. I don't know if I believe it. Really? But, <laughs> uh, it kind of powers a lot of the, the other kind of major servers and things. So I just kind that's, of use that directly since that's a bold so claim was, a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, but at the same time, it kind of, it probably lacks a lot of the features, at least, you know, off the shelf that you'd want in a production system where, you know, in terms of security and things like that, which yeah. frankly, I don't really care much about or, or like load management, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so a lot of these things I don't really need to worry about since I'm concerned about, you know, one or two people usually touching this thing at a time mm, yeah. um, and it's local. So it's not really, uh, you know, so I got to play with that and it was overall a pretty fun experience. I learned a lot and, you know, but it's yeah. great. Cool. So yeah, it's always fun to play with new toys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always a highlight of my week if I get a chance to do that. So. So I this feel was, you, man. Uh, this was a couple months, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Well, let's get into um, burnout. Uh, we obviously, I mean, Coda never burns out, but, you know, we. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Everybody burns out. Um, you know, I've been through several burnout phases in my career. Um, I even went so far as to, I had, after doing it for 20 years, I was just so burnt out on programming at all that I stopped programming for two years and went off and did something else for a while. Uh, and then came back to it. Um, most people don't, don't do it that drastically, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think what it was is that I didn't I didn't manage my burnout over that two decade period and so it just got out of control. So I've since learned some things about how to deal with that a little better. But uh um what do you think, Coda? What kind of stuff do you do to kind of prevent or mitigate burnout? Gee, yeah. So, I mean, I think the the big thing that people talk a lot about is like work-life balance. And I, you know, I think that's important, but there's also kind of the key thing, if anything, is just consistency, right? Where Mm -hmm. making sure that you have some time for yourself and you also have methods to keep, make sure that you don't get overwhelmed. So it's not really kind of that work-life balance per se, but it's really the amount that you're overwhelmed i think that really causes the the burnout and Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's yeah sort of read a couple things sort of about that i've i've had a lot of uh you know i've had some issues with burnout in the past i think i went uh you know up leading up until when i started the company that I, i started a company and then up until maybe three or four years in uh um, there was a period of almost five years where I did not take a single day off. Um, and so like at minimum, I was working uh, two or three hours every day for uh, 
four or five years straight. Um, took zero vacations uh, and just kind of went for it. Um, so, and then I got pretty burnt out. Uh, so I can tell you that's not what you're supposed to do. I have plenty yeah. of counter examples, but uh, <laughs> right. yeah. 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 So what about you, Kristen? So I guess, I mean, my level of burnout has just been more subtle, nothing big and dramatic, meaning that, um, so like, I just question, it's like, is this the right thing? You know, I get tired of doing something. I think that's, as opposed to burning out, it's like, I get tired of doing something like a couple of months ago, you know, doing different episodes of something like doing scaling Postgres, I kind of question, hey, should I really be doing this? Should I be doing something else? And it's just asking questions with regard to that and saying, you know, is this where I should spending my time? Should I be spending, spending it somewhere else? So that's most of what the burnout I've experienced. Um, it's not anything drastic that I had to step away, but it's mostly uh, getting tired of doing some certain thing and, I don't know, wanting to change or something like that in, in terms of what I've experienced. Although I have had stressful issues and physical man manifestations of that, I don't know if I necessarily call that burnout. <laughs> <laughs> That's just stress. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think... <laughs> You know, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think of burnout as being more long-term yeah. and needing more time to, whereas if you're stressed and even if you have like some sort of stress event or something, or, you know, you break out in hives or something like that, I think that's, I would kind of, kind of think that's a more over short, short-term thing yeah. that's impacted you. Even if it is work-related and working too much or whatever, I think that's more short-term, whereas burnout is... I think a cumulative buildup of yeah, things over time. A longer term thing. And you get to a point, I mean, I think of it as you get to a point where I just don't want to do this thing for work anymore, at least for a while. I need to stop doing this. Um, not just for an hour and go take a walk. It's I need to stop doing this for a living for a bit is, is I think when you're at the point of burnout. Um, not that you want to abandon or change careers, but it's like, I need some time away from this. <laughs> I actually considered whether I should leave my company uh, after, you know, at, at one point. And then I kind of, yeah, I think I kind of recognized that I was, you know, I, I think there's the recognition that I was very burnt out. And then there was the feeling of almost being kind of trapped in that situation where I didn't really know how to end up in a situation that wasn't, very stressful because at the time we, you know, didn't have a very big budget and not that we, you know, always like a bigger budget, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, but I, I think the big thing for me was being in a situation where, um, I felt like I was stuck in a stressful situation without really a way out of it. And that mm. was really, you know, that, that made it very hard to, you know, I had days where I was just completely unproductive. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think even though that was years ago at this point, um, even now I have to make sure that I'm sort of, you know, in some ways 
it can be a little bit tricky uh, to have the same level of enthusiasm uh, as, as I have at certain parts of my life in, in terms of technology. Um, that actually happened to coincide partly with when I started playing a little bit with sort of like Dragon Ruby as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very, very expressive and kind of helped me rediscover what's fun about, about programming, um, about development. Yeah, so. I had kind of the exact same experience. I was when I got into Dragon Ruby, it was nice to use Ruby completely differently than what I did at, you know, for web apps. Um, and so it kind of helped me fall in love with it again, you know, and see different ways to do things and, and kind of freshen it up for me. Um, and I think that's that's part of it, too, is as human beings, I think we we tend to not like things to get stale. And if there's not something new coming along once in a while, we tend to just get bored with the drudgery. Um, I will say that I think, I think a lot of burnout has, or what leads to burnout has to do with different temperaments. You know, some people love, I, I, I do the same thing every day that, and that's how I, you know, that, that works for me. I'm not like that. I get, like Creston, I think, I get really bored with stuff after a while. I like to constantly be getting into new things and learning new things. Um, I'm very bad at finishing, <laughs> but I'm really good at starting. Um, well, no, I'm not quite that way. No, no, not not like that, but not to that extreme. You you will bulldog things for a while. You've got you've got a lot more um, uh, discipline than I do. For following things through, um, yeah, I mean, but you know, it, I think, yeah, I mean, I think I have a longer runway before things impact me as much. Yeah. But I think an also component to it is what am I doing? Because like when I'm thinking about like some of the scaling Postgres stuff, the thing that I hate doing more than anything else was editing the editing the episodes. So, for example, this pod, this pod, I'll call it a podcast or this show. We don't do any editing. I just record it, throw it up there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, however, scaling Postgres is highly edited. Like there are probably 200 cuts per episode just based on how I record it. It's it's pretty atro atrocious slash shocking. Mm -hmm. And I would record the episode and I'm like, I got to do the edit, you know. And that was just a bear. But you know, what I've done is I'm now using some uh, external help to say, someone says, hey, I like doing some video editing. I was like, okay, great, here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's also a little bit what that helps prevent burn, the point I'm getting to, what helps prevent burnout is, for lack of a better term, what lights you up or what do you enjoy during doing versus what you don't do? Because the more your day is spent doing things that don't light you up or you're kind of like, eh, I can do it. I don't know if there's something want to do it. The more you do that, the more burned out you're going to get and faster is my feeling on that. Yeah. So Coda, what, what kind of things do you do? I mean, cause you've been through burnout. I, I'm going to assume more than maybe once in your career, but what kind of things do you do? Have you learned to do to kind of keep that at bay? Yeah, so I mean, I think one of the big things um, 
is to I think like managing customers is actually in my case it's a little bit of a you know I think one of our my cases of burnout was a situation where um you know we have customers overseas in in East Asia and I would get phone calls at random times if something wasn't going wrong, going well. So it's basically on call, you know, every day from, you know, basically 7 p.m. till around 11 or 12 is when I would, you know, up till then was when, <laughs> when, they, when, they, when they went to sleep. A call, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then that would be when the call would start. And I don't know, it like could potentially lead to diving into some support thing that, you know, that would be like several hours long from there. And then so, and this could happen at any point. So essentially I was like, I felt like I was stuck right here because if I ever left home in the evenings or anything, then, you know, I might get a call and then get pulled right back, you know, so I couldn't schedule anything. I felt like I was always stuck here. Um, it was like, I was frankly getting a little bit scared of my phone. Um, so there's kind of a lot of things like that, that, uh, that was tricky. And I think we started, um, allocating essentially basically saying we have like a fixed number of support hours and anything beyond that, there would be an additional charge and we made the charge a little bit higher and that drastically reduced the calls. <laughs> and then yeah. so that alone. Um, and then I think also the big thing was that we kind of went back and looked at how, uh, you know, part of the issue is that all of our systems run in these environments where they're actually not connected to the internet. So, you know, these are on, on-premise installations and, you know, and, and, and so if something goes wrong, then you know, we, and this was early on, so we didn't quite have all the infrastructure that we do now. Um, so I think for that, really making sure that uh, we had kind of the infrastructure to, and, this, you know, when something unexpected happens, how do we handle that is mm. sort of that whole pipeline is something that we didn't really have to the same degree that we have now. And that, that really made a big difference. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah, I've kind of been in those situations before. So I hear that not, you know, the being tied to your phone 24 seven because something might ping. Uh, that's never fun. So, uh, so out of curiosity, you being on call, I mean, it essentially sounds like you're, you're the help desk is, is the, are there others that could have helped take that burden at least for part of the day or something like that? So sort of tried to um the and we you know we actually had a schedule for who you know who would be on call when and mm -hmm. things like that and um eventually we also uh you know we also have kind of a team now in in or i guess in japan and korea and in, in terms of helping us with these things so that that obviously makes a big difference too um but i think at the time um you know i so I'm I'm half Japanese. That's my name's a Japanese name, um, and I also speak Japanese. Cool. And so, it turns out, our customers in Japan prefer to speak to someone, understandably, who speak the same language as them. Right. Um, and it's hard to find engineers here who 
you know, who can be as involved with the technical side when, you know, you have limited resources in terms of, you know, financial resources, then you have to be pretty careful with each hire. And so kind of that mixed with, you know, this situation made it pretty difficult. And I felt like I, you know, it's kind of in a, yeah, a little bit stuck in that kind of position because of that. Uh, yeah, I, I, all right. I, yeah, I see the difficulty with it. Imagine hiring someone, hiring an engineer and say, okay, day one. All right. Let's, uh, let's have you join a Japanese class to start. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exactly work. Um, so it's, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, definitely the hiring was, was pretty tricky, uh, back then. Yeah. So, so I mean, one of the, one of the things too, I think, I think it's important to kind of do some self-reflection and understand your temperament and what it is that that actually would lead you to burnout because it's going to be different for different people, right? And and the solutions are going to be different. For instance, me, one of the things I learned about me is you know, learning that I like to get involved in different things often. Um what ended up helping me kind of stave off um, burnout is that I actually picked up a number of different hobbies so that I can kind of jump to this thing, you know, that's very different from my day job and then do that for a while and then jump to a different one and then jump to a different one and then come back to the first one, you know, so I get, I get that big variety in my life. Um, you know, like I'll spend some time doing some painting then I'll spend some time doing some modeling. Then I'll spend a bunch of time on gaming you know, as, as breaks to work. Um, and that kind of helps keep work fresh too, because since I don't spend all my time doing programming outside of work, um, when I'm at work, I don't feel so burnt out anymore because my brain is in a completely different direction when I'm not working. Um, but that works for me. There are other people who, you know, that, that, they like programming, so they program all day, and what's good for what they like to do is just program something different at night, but they still just want to always be programming, right? Or or whatever it is they do. So I think it's important to kind of understand your own temperament and do some reflection. Yeah, um, that, that's interesting. You know, it's kind of interesting because I think part of the reason I went into robotics is because it's, you know, you have your mechanical engineering parts, you have your electrical engineering, you have your software, and these aren't, you know, even within software, you have your embedded work and your computer vision and your, you know, all sorts of different things. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have like a bunch of math in the background that you have to kind of worry about as well. And so like, there's actually a lot of variety in that. And, you know, and so that's actually a big reason why I gravitate towards robotics in the first place. And then I mm -hmm. think starting a company, you know, startups kind of do work well for someone like that i think because yeah. you know you, you end up having to wear all the hats right right and then eventually you know it, as Creston pointed out i was also help desk right so it's uh <laughs> <laughs> not that i really want that hat but um right. you know but it it's a lot of you know in my day-to-day -day, i still do you know some project management things i do some you know low-level development uh i do you know like driver development. I do sort of like robotics algorithms kinds of things. I do some sort of usually higher level things with our UI and our like web systems. 
Uh, and then also, you know, I, I'm also the only person on the team who really knows how to do a lot of sort of like more of the 3D modeling and like animation kinds of things. Mm. So when we have a customer, you know, with a lot of the marketing materials for specific customers or what, you know, sort of uh, proposals, I usually do a lot of that kind of thing. And then also uh, we, you know, I do a lot of marketing and sort of sales kinds of things with some customers. So mm -hmm. really it's, you know, it, that's, I think, Chris, what you did was you said, okay, well, I like variants, so I'll keep work kind of the way it is, but I'll find ways to kind of fulfill that need elsewhere in right. my own time. And I said, well, you know, why don't I just make everything as, as varied as I can? And right. so that was kind of a different approach to solve the same problem, I think. Yep. Yeah. And, I, you know, something else I've noticed about myself, too, that keeps me happy at work is that, you know, there's some people that like to deep dive into an area and be, I, I am just the specialist of that area. I'm the master of that thing. That's not how my brain likes to work. I like to know a bit about this and a bit about that and be the jack of all trades. And I can kind of shift departments and focuses as people need me to. Um, but I, you know, I don't. I don't want to say I'm not a master of it. Well, I'm not really a master of anything. Um, I'm just good at a number of things um, so that I can shift my focus. And, you know, I found that for me, that's that's the way to avoid the burnout. Um, so even at work, I, I do that a bit, not to the extent that you've kind of described for yourself, I don't think. But because um, I, I do still kind of crave that variety outside of work that has just you know no technology involved at all um but i think i think it's you know it's it's a matter of of temperament and one of the things that i would i would advise to kind of keep yourself from burning out during your career is to really look at yourself and and self-examine and understand what it is that you need to keep from getting bored in your career so so I'll mention something on the tail of that because I as I was thinking about my thinking about burnout and for me I think if it's doing something that I'm not jazzed to do it doesn't light me up I I don't feel like I'm really good at it, it having to do those things which of course as Coda's mentioned you have to wear a lot of hats particularly if you're an entrepreneur it's like okay Got to do the marketing, got to do the sales, got to do the product, got to do, you know, everything, got to do the security, got to do the legal and everything. Um, there's a book I read that kind of put some of this in folks. There are other books that cover it as well. But um, so Michael Hyatt's book, Free to Focus, he talks about, um, really, it's about focusing on what you're really good at and want to do and kind of outsourcing everything else. Not that, you know, it basically try to take control and focus on what you're good at so you can be the best at it, but all those things that kind of burden you down and may cause more burnout if you're doing stuff you don't enjoy, finding ways to get rid of those. And that's kind of what I've done in terms of the people I have hired thus far. It's kind of like, I don't like doing documentation. Okay, let me get someone to do this. I don't like writing blog posts. Let me get someone to do this. I don't like uh, doing video editing. Okay, let me get someone to do, you know. So at every point, I'm like, 
I don't like doing this. Let me find something else to do it. So I'm free to focus on the other things that I'm really good at. So anyway, that, that book just, I remember it and it's kind of, I don't know if it's a pl playbook I'm following, but it's kind of something I'm following to help me not be as burned out. I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I want to, I want to touch on too, that it is, why do you think it's, it's important for us to be having this discussion in this show? What, I mean, if I get burnt out, so what? What What are the dangers? What are the ramifications? Why do we need to talk about this in the first place? You explode. <laughs> <laughs> not literally, not literally, but, you know, potentially, I mean, I'll throw my two cents in, potentially yeah. figuratively. I mean, you may lash out at your kids or your significant other or, you know, or heaven forbid, other work-related areas. So, I don't know. And also physical manifestations. You know, I'm sure this may be contributing to hair loss or weight gain or other things. If things, if you're constantly in that, you know, stressed or burned out state, mm -hmm. it can cause a whole host of issues. I mean, that's what I see. I don't know what Coda or you think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's very true. Um, I, you know, also, calling you know if it's a rubber duck dev show right i mean it's burnout's a big part of development of yeah. the kind of the real world of development right and something that a lot of people hit at some point in their career um so in that sense it's probably a relatable experience for a lot of people who've who've had that or who have had peers who who have had that and then also it's probably good to uh express since you know probably younger engineers who don't necessarily know better might end up doing things that that can like pretty heavily you know especially when you have a new job your first job out of school or something you're really excited about it and I we had an employee who um you know I kind of checked in with him about a month in uh and you know asked him how how he was doing how he was feeling and he said he was really excited and that he really likes the team and that he was working till around two or three every morning because mm. he was, you know, he just wanted to learn more things and be able to contribute more. And I was like, let's hold up and let's not do that. And, you know, so it's, right. um, appreciate you know, the it enthusiasm, but, but yeah, do pace must be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, and one of the things that I will, that I will bring up, one of the reasons that I really wanted to have this conversation is because I think that burnout can lead to very dangerous things. Primarily, it can lead to depression. Um, some people are obviously going to be more prone to that than others. But if you, if you, burnout is a path to depression. And if you get to that point, that, that can be extremely dangerous. Um, I've, I've, at points in my career, I struggled with depression because I let the, the burnout get out of control and then it, you know, it kind of got to be a negative spiral. And I don't want people to go through that. I, I want to bring this to light so that people can start recognizing, Hey, I'm, I'm getting towards burnout. Let me do something about it before I get to more dangerous places. Um, because once you, you know, if you get to those dangerous places, it's scary. It's scary for you. It's scary for your family. It's scary for your friends. Um, and then, you know, you're not, you're not doing anybody any good by getting there. So 
I'm hoping that kind of bringing this up will help people start thinking about ways to to kind of control that and be cognizant of if they're getting towards those things to step back and and take care of themselves so that they don't get burnout because we all want to enjoy our jobs we all want to want to love getting up every morning and going to work right N nobody's going to do that 100% of every day there's going to be days where you're like oh god i don't want to go do this today but you know you should be overall happy with your job and if if you're getting to a burnout state you need to do something to take care of yourself out of curiosity the the thing you say about uh coda said about engineers experiencing a fair amount of burnout p potentially what is the reason why i mean i know i've read something similar but i'm trying to I can't recall why that is. I don't know if it's more prevalent than other p positions. Do either of you know? My yeah. guess, my guess would be that because development is such a mentally strenuous job, uh, that it 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 can tend more towards burnout because burnout is really a mental thing. Coda, did you have a something you were going to say? Yeah, but Chris, on the on the flip side, you you know, they're also you also hear a lot about people who, um, you know, like assembly line workers and things like that experiencing burnout. And true, I mean, that's you know, in some ways, kind of the you know, it's physical labor, same thing every day, um, right. sort of the opposite of development in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, it you know, it's probably a lot of it also just comes from uh, the stressors and the relationships with, you know, with your colleagues and, and things like that. I mean, I think even, for example, uh, you know, even something as benign as like, you know, a team where maybe the uh, code reviews are pretty slow or don't really happen. And you're just kind of slow, you know, a little bit frustrated by that. And every day you get a little bit more frustrated. Eventually that's going to kind of boil over. So it yeah. I have heard that at super big companies where like someone joins and they're they've been there for two years and every line of code they have produced nothing has reached production or some insane <laughs> comment like that was made. And that I can understand that wearing you down if you you know or potentially burning you out because it's like, well what am I doing here? I, I you might be thinking, you know, I serve no purpose, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but I didn't know if, if anything particular about software engineering made it more stressful or not. I mean, frankly, I'm not stressed about when I do development. What's the most stressful thing that I do is, hey, we want to migrate this multi-terabyte database and have zero downtime and do this upgrade and not lose any bit of data. That is stressful. <laughs> right. Oh, and do it the migration uh, as as short as you can. Seconds, ideally, if not minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no pressure. Part. Right, yeah. Writing code that even other people are reviewing, I'm like, there's, that has less stress for me. But <laughs> Yeah, here's a Huffy bicycle. We'd like this to be on Mars in about a month. Just go. <laughs> yeah, kind of going back to something you said earlier, Chris. Um, 
the you know you mentioned that you took a couple of years off and did something totally different right mm -hmm. um you know we actually have an employee who uh actually funnily enough started as a an artist uh, or like went to you know graphic design i think at school and then uh worked as like a snow you know snow uh like a ski resort basically maintaining the snow and then went into software and was in software for maybe five to 10 years and then burnt out pretty badly and quit software and then started a brewery <laughs> and did that for like eight years and then came back into software. Um, he's actually very, very, you know, he's a very, very solid engineer, but, um, but now it's with him, of, do you, know, do you know what caused the, Suffer engineering burnout. Do you happen to know? No, I, I actually okay, haven't. Asked, I mean, you know, maybe that's something I, you know, I, I don't know if that's something that I should have asked him, or maybe I shouldn't. No, but that's um, no, that's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just yeah, just yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder if some of the. I mean, because I think there's some aspects of burnout that are just, you know, maybe just someone gets bored of kind of what they do and they just want to change. I, and I, mean, I think, and I think the, it's also important if that happens, then maybe accept it. Yeah. You know, don't beat yourself up about it too much. You know, if it's something you need to do, if you feel you have another calling for something. And, you know, we're kind of lucky in that, you know, software in general tends to be, you know, often, at least in the U.S., tends to be a fairly high-paying job, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, we kind of, and it's in demand enough uh, that there is some mobility there, uh, if that's something that you need. And and so I think we're lucky in that sense to, to be in an industry where we have that kind of flexibility. Um, so. Well, and yeah, and, and the kind of, situation where if you can dream it you can make it we're not limited to we can only make this one widget you know with software you can make anything um even entire new worlds so we are absolutely blessed to to have a uh, a calling like that to to have that kind of opportunity but you know it's it can also be very daunting because it's so wide open and so big and so much to learn and you know, it, it can get overwhelming sometimes. That's I'm sure there's thing. like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sure there's like a classification too of different main causes of burnout, right? Whether it's, you know, we've talked a little bit about feeling like you're just doing the same kinds of things and not doing enough sort of variants, but there's also the, wow, there's just so much that's overwhelming and it's never ending. Mm -hmm. um, or there's the burnout that comes from having maybe just colleagues that are unpleasant to work with and then having to do that every day. Um, and although in some ways that's kind of the same thing. Uh, and then there's also the burnout of why am I doing this when it's, when there's no purpose, if I'm at a big company and the thing never gets released. Um, and so it seems like there's like all sorts of different types of burnouts and, you know, in some ways it seems like they manifest themselves in somewhat similar ways, you know, and, I guess as people, yeah. there aren't that many things we can do and shutting down is a pretty easy one. To... Right. <laughs> so, I mean, take a regular yeah. vacation. That's, that's helpful, but, um, oh, yeah, I was so... going to say kind of what you were saying is 
uh, kind of like being on the hamster wheel. So as fast as everything moves in technology for this particular uh, career path for, you know, doing software engineering, you need to keep up to speed soup a lot. Like imagine, I can't, I don't know why blacksmithing came to mind, but if you were a blacksmith, <laughs> there's a certain defined number of things you need to learn. And then you can just master those few things. Whereas software engineering, there's new crap being thrown at you on a daily basis. Right. The number of JavaScript frameworks that have come out in the past decade is insane. But yeah, uh, so I, I see how that fitting in under one of your categories uh, it causes stress and burnout. Yeah. 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 And actually, I think, um, you know, for me, one of the things that's really helped is just kind of, you know, I, I think I tend to get prone to a few of these different things, uh, you know, just the, you know, we at any point in time have a lot of different things going on. And, you know, of course, we dealt and you know, now we have different teams doing different things. But it still, you know, when when you're kind of looking at all these different things, and you're like, well, well, all this come together on time, you know, there's a lot kind of to. And I think like one of the big causes for burnout is feeling like you're not really making any real progress. So um, I have this notebook where every day I write down, you know, what, what I've been doing, uh, or what, I guess what I did the day before, yes, what I'm going to do that day. Uh, and then also, sort of what I'm like, you know, what I'm grateful for, like just a few different things. And then uh, sort of, you know, a couple things about like, what I'm good at, and then kind of what the, you know, just a couple like big goals of like, okay, these are the things I'm really trying to accomplish. And then at the end of the day, I kind of look back and I review it and I write the tasks for the next day. Um, and it's actually really nice because I have this record now where, you know, kind of years worth of notebooks where I can just kind of look back and say, wow, I, you know, when I think back at it, I can't really think of that many things that I've done, but there's kind of these stacks of books that tell me otherwise. And that actually, I think really helps in terms of mm -hmm. keeping the motivation and keeping like feeling like I'm moving forward. Um, and, and also just, uh, you know, it's a good motivator as well. Right. So. Well, I like one of the things that you said you did. I liked all of that. Uh, but one of the things you said you did specifically that really stuck out to me is that you write down a few things every day that you're thankful for. And I think that's extraordinarily helpful because it gets your brain to focus on good things instead of languishing in bad things. So I'm I'm going to steal that from you. Thanks very much. Uh and start and and try that myself. Um because I think positive attitudes go a long way to driving off things like burnout and depression and and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I had actually a few different bouts of pretty bad depression. So it's a lot of my habits at this point have come from how do I mitigate? How do I avoid getting depression? And if I'm starting to feel a little bit about of it, then I, you know, if I start to feel like I'm, you know, moving in that direction, then I kind of try to, you know, st take a step back and try to figure out what's going on there and, and try to have more of a positive mindset as well. So that, you know, I think those things actually 
in the long run can help a lot. Uh, yeah. Not that I've had, you know, uh, very long, con- you know, su- continued success in terms of just, uh, you know, it's like last time I had burnout was not that long ago, but right. Um, yep. Um, yeah, I really like uh, I need to get back on the wagon, as it were, because I was doing some of that. Um, there was another book I read called The the Gap and the Gain that kind of iterated that. Basically, focus on the gain you have, not the gap for where you want to be. So it's basically, they kind of do something similar to what you're mentioning. They advocate writing down. I think it's um, three things that you accomplished that day. You presumably accomplished something, and then what do you intend to accomplish tomorrow? And don't necessarily beat yourself up if you don't accomplish those things, but just still recognize that you at least accomplished something. Well, I think having a day to get rest is an accomplishment. You got to do that for yourself once in a while. Yeah. 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 I think I read something about, uh, there was like, uh, I I don't remember which, um, atomic habits, maybe I think, uh, James clear book, I think. Yeah. James clear. That's right. Um, and in that book, he talks about how there's this, uh, I think the British like cycling team, um, men's cycling team used to be very weak. And then they, you know, hired someone, a new coach and his, you know, his goal basically was to just improve the team like one percent, 1%, but do that every day. Right. So, and in the course of a couple of years, they actually became the top team in in the world uh for you know they're now they dominate apparently every almost every year um and kind of the way they did this was they looked at you know even with the bikes they looked at okay what can we how can we save like shave off just even if it's a tiny bit of weight how can we shave that off let's look at the suits um with the training let's try to optimize everything and do like video analysis of what people are doing and essentially every single thing they did each thing only gave like a very small improvement, but when you combine everything together, you know, that's going to make a big difference. Um, But, uh, and I think kind of thinking positively and kind of moving forward also fit under that same category where it's not really about, Hey, we need like these big accomplishments, but just kind of keeping that mindset and just doing a little bit to move forward in that way as well. um, And to improve your, your work-life balance or to, you know, reduce the amount of stress you have and everything. Really, it's the trajectories that's that's important. Not really, you know, not exactly like where you are, but, you know, where you're going to end up and and how you get there, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I man, we are, uh, this is a fun conversation, but we're running up on time here. Um, so, just to to kind of wrap things up a little, the big takeaways I'm kind of getting from this conversation, which has been really enjoyable, actually, is that, you know, burnout happens to almost all of us. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's everybody goes through it. Um, but it's something you want to pay attention to because it can lead to more dangerous mental states. Um and I can at least two of us from personal experience can tell you that those mental states are not good. They're not fun. They're not a good place to be. And uh, we 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 hope that maybe this will will help you to to pay attention to this so that you don't also get to those places. 
Um, but you know, keep yourself healthy, keep yourself mentally focused on what you need to focus on to make sure that you're not burning yourself out. Um, and deal with those those things because that's just as important as getting the code right. You know, you have to take care of yourself. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful that this conversation will help somebody. Um, and and you know, try to try to look at yourself, understand yourself, and take care of yourself, please, because we need you know more developers, not a bunch of burnout developers. Uh, so anyway, Coda, thank you very much for coming and joining us today. It's always, always so fun to have conversations with you. I love talking to you, man. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for having me as, as always. Yeah. It's yeah, always thanks. really fun. So, yeah. So, uh, friends, if you, um, haven't already, please do consider giving us a thumbs up like this video, uh, subscribe and ding the notification bell. So, you know, when these videos drop now that we're pre-recording them, um, also, you can reach out to us, rubberduckdevshow at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, X, whatever it is now, at DuckyDevShow. Um, we will be back next week. We haven't decided on the topic yet, so you know if you've got suggestions, throw them in the comments. Uh, if you've got things that you do for yourself that help you stave off burnout, please also throw those in the comments because we'd love to learn from you. Uh, and you can listen to this as a podcast anywhere that podcasts live. You pick your favorite provider. We're probably there. So, uh, we will see you next week. And until then, happy coding. Happy coding. Happy coding.